Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Because I am unconditionally loved by God, and that harvest, I come to God as I am. Through today's life-giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet, in Jesus' name. Now, stay standing for just a moment. I want you to flip to John chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 14. Say, it's evolution time. John chapter 14, verse number 12. John's gospel is slightly different now than the others because John was the beloved disciple. Say, the beloved. The Bible records that Jesus and John had such a close relationship that oftentimes in public, John would have laid his hand, uh, laid his head on the master's bosom, the scripture says. John was so close to Jesus that Jesus gave him a revelation, the book called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. It is now in the Greek, the word uh, apocalypto, where we get our word apocalypse, which doesn't mean the end, it means the uncovering of. What I love about God is what always seems like an ending is actually just a fresh beginning. I want to talk to everybody who feels like you've been at the end of your rope, the end of your life, the end of your money, the end of your time. That is nothing more than a new beginning. T touch your neighbor and say, it's nothing more than a new beginning. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do what? Also. Which means whatever Jesus did, we're supposed to do. Jesus healed the blind, we're supposed to heal the blind. Jesus raised the dead, we're supposed to raise the dead. You sitting here struggling to pay your sprint bill. It is an insult to God. God says you're supposed to do greater works than I did. Touch your neighbor and say, it's revolution time. He, he said, he said, whoever believes in me. Notice he didn't just say bishop. Notice he didn't just say uh, folks that close their eyes when they pray. Notice he didn't just say folks that shout loud or folks that don't shout. Notice he didn't say folks that got on suits or folks that got on jeans. He said, if you believe in me, whatever I did, you're supposed to do. So, so say that's equal to. But here's the part of the verse that's going to mess you up. He says, and greater works 
See, here's the first part of the verse. He says, whatever I did, you're going to do equal to. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But here's what Jesus says. Although I'm God in the flesh, he says. He says, I got limited time and I'm one man. But when I die, one man will become a great army. And together they will do greater than what I did. You're not hearing what I'm saying. He says, so not only are you supposed to do equal to, touch your neighbor and say greater than. He says, and greater works than these he will do. Look at me, church. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You, hear me, hear me. I don't care how spiritual you are. You have been too passive in your Christianity. You have been satisfied just paying bills and going out to eat twice a week. And God says, watch this. Well, that's nice. That is an insult to me. I did not die for you to just pay bills and die. I died for you to do greater works. And I came to announce to Denver. I came to announce to Dallas. I came to announce to every place we've got a location. And I came to announce to you. It is time for greater works. Holler if you believe it. I said, holler if you believe it. I said, holler if you believe it. Say greater works. Say greater works. Say greater works. Say greater works. And when you say it, throw your hand out because we're going to extend. We're going to evolve. Somebody say greater works. Say greater works. Say greater works. Father, I decrease that you would increase. Speak to us now over these next few moments. It is time for the evolution of the church. It is time for the evolution of the church. You did not die for us to just pay bills and go through hell and die. You died so that we would rule and reign and conquer and subdue. And now is that time. In Jesus' name, speak to us in such a way that every individual would think it's customized, tailor-made for them. Answer every question that folk walk in here with. Everybody under the sound of my voice, do it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, encourage somebody to say, it's evolution time. It's evolution time. Watch this, church. God has been answering your prayers and always answers your prayers with instructions that are blueprints. That's the series we've been in. And those blueprints come through the life-giving messages you will receive in this series. That is why I don't preach sermons. Sermons are what you got when you got in trouble. No, I give you life. Uh, that's why we call them life-giving messages. And the blueprints he gives you will come through the life-giving messages you're going to get in this series and every other series throughout this year. Because great lives are built. Say great lives are built. It's time for you to have a life that you love living. How are you supposed to bring people to a God when you barely like life yourself? How are you supposed to tell people about your Jesus when you're just suffering through yourself? I'm here to announce to somebody those days of just suffering through are over. Those days of up and down and up and down are over. Those days of being depressed are over. Those days of being discouraged are over. Holla, it's evolution time. That's part of why we attend church faithfully. According to Ephesians 4.11, you come to get equipment to live. The church is not just a hospital because in a hospital, when you get well, watch this, you leave. No, uh, when you come to church, you are not just being uh, made well, but you are being given equipment to live well. You want to live so well that when other people look at your life, they want your God. Which means your life should be living, breathing, walking, talking evangelism. Evangelism is not a department in the church. It is your life. 
and I'm here to announce to you, you're going to begin to watch this live a life this year that when other folk look at it, they will say there must be a God. I remember you back then. I remember when you were this and that. And you'll be able to say, I was that. I was this. Matter of fact, I did everything you said I did. But I am not who you say I am. Why? I evolve. Watch this. Watch this. We started this series making one resolution this year. And that was to resolve to evolve because nothing will be different this year unless you are. And it is evolution time. Say it's evolution time. If your neighbor didn't say it, punch him. That's all right. They waived the right to say anything to you when they came in the building. Now, punch him gently. Punch him gently the first time. Second time, go in pretty tough. Uh, touch your neighbor. Touch him. Touch him. Just touch him. All right. Very good. Okay. Uh, it is evolution time. And that means to develop, to advance. I caught you there. Uh, grow, to rise, to progress, to expand, to unfold, to transform, and go through the process of continuous change from a lesser state to a greater state. Can I tell you the thing about God that's really interesting and you need to know this? God is never satisfied with who you were yesterday. This is why he takes us from glory to glory and level to level and faith to faith, which means every day I am evolving, which means I'm not in competition with you, nor are you in competition with me, nor are you in competition with anybody on your road. Why? We are in competition with yesterday's version of ourselves. Why? Because I am evolving. It's continuous change. Touch your neighbor and say, stop getting comfortable. The reason you run into so many issues is because you get comfortable with who you were and God says, but I'm trying to evolve you until I ordain for you to be. Which means Saturday's version of you ain't good enough. You're going to have to evolve. And tomorrow, Sunday's version ain't going to cup the mustard. You're going to have to evolve. And I just want to know if there's anybody in here where you'll say 2016 made me some of the hell you've been dealing with already this year is making you. Some of the people that betrayed you already this year, it's making you. So I told you, be seated. I said to you, don't, don't make more than one resolution this year because if you do, you won't be able to keep it. No, we've got to resolve to evolve. Say I'm evolving. Which means every day I'm expecting to outdo my yesterday self. Every hour, I'm expecting to outdo the, uh, the me that I was an hour ago. And please understand, when you have that approach to life, you'll stop getting frustrated. You'll stop getting angry. You'll stop getting mad. You'll stop doing stuff that uh, is not important. You'll stop doing things that do not matter. You'll stop doing things uh, that have no value because you realize and recognize that every day you're evolving. Say, I'm evolving. Now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Then we learn, watch this, after week one, we learn to evolve our resolve. That is to decide firmly on a course of action and find solutions to problems because we can't abort the process just because it's not perfection. Now, here's the issue. Whenever you are evolving, that's building. Say, I'm building. That's what this series has been about. It has been about uh, blueprints for a banner year. You've been building. Here's the trip about building. Whenever you're building something, it is never pretty. It is never nice. Quite frankly, when you look at it, it will make you angry. That's why if you were here at the beginning, you remember this sign started out one way. And, and then over time, it evolved, but some stuff got messed up. Now, it's looking good today, but please believe if some folk come messing with it, it's going to get a little off. But uh, touch your neighbor and say, don't abort the process just because it's not perfection. No, it's going to get dusty, but I'm still building. It's going to get messy, but I'm still building. Who started building with me ain't going to finish with me, but I'm still building. Life is like an elevator. And when you're going up, sometimes you got to stop to let some people off. I dare you, as we get ready to end this calendar month, it's the last experience of January, I dare you to just check the folk in your circle. Because some people at the level you're about to go to, they need to be left at the previous level.
they ain't got no business coming with you on your upgrade. Touch your neighbor, say, if you're not with me, bust a move and get off my elevator. No, I ain't got time for folks that smiling in my face, but all the time they trying to take my, I'm just, I have some witnesses here. Touch your neighbor, say, I don't have time for that. No, 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 no. It's not going to be perfection, but you can't abort the process. Your neighbor's issue is that they used to abort the process. Every time something got tough, every time something got rough, they would abort the process. And the reality of the matter is that's just part of building. If you go to a construction site, guess what? You, uh, you got to watch out for nails. If you go into a construction site, guess what? You got to watch out for dust. If you go into a construction site, guess what? You got to watch out for other people that have tools but don't know what they're doing with them. Because just because you have a tool and a hard hat, you may look the part, but doesn't mean you know how to be the part. That's why you would experience some posers in your life. So you called them friends because they had the hat and the tools. Y'all not saying nothing. But the truth be told, uh, they were the reason it took so long to build in the first place. Because you go build something, then they go mess it up. You still here. Now, then, 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 then we learn to evolve what enters our senses because faith in anything, I'm recapping, good or bad begins with the senses. And we can't control what things do when they enter our senses. And senses produce actions. See, whatever you allow into your senses, it will produce your actions. And then watch this. You are what you do, not who you say you are. Many of us want to be known for what we say we are going to do, who we say we are, but we haven't actually done it or accomplished it. You ever met somebody that's always talking about what they're going to do, but they never do it? You ever met somebody with more business plans uh, than, than, than the doggone bank? But they never do anything with it? Watch this. Because they have never learned to check what enters their senses. Anytime they get discouraged, they let it ruin their day. Anytime somebody says that's not possible, they let it ruin their day. And you need to learn just because it ain't possible for you does not mean it is not possible for me. See, it may be no for you, but for me, all that was is a this way, not this way. It is possible. Why? Because I was born to rule. I was born to reign. I was born to conquer. I was born to subdue. What's this? What's this? You are what you do, not who you say you are. So watch this. Based on what you do, who are you really? Are, are you lying, Jenny? And if Jenny's your name, that's just name came out. But if the shoe fits, put that thing on, wear it. And stop lying. Got it? Are you terrible, Teddy? <laughs> are you lazy, Susan? Who are you based on what you do? Not what you talk about doing. Who are you based on what you do? Touch your neighbor and say, who are you? Based on what you do. Uh-huh, that's what we dealt with. And then last week, we learned to evolve our total life health in all three facets of our humanity. See, we are a spirit. That's our subconscious mind. We have a soul. That's our conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, and we live in a physical body. And I gave you the same method to evolve your total life health in all three facets of your humanity. And do you remember what that point was? Drink more water when? Now, some of you are like, Bishop, how in the world is drinking more water going to fix my spirit and my soul? You got to get the message and understand it. I don't have time to reteach it. Touch your neighbor and say, you need that message. Now, here it is, as we prepare to end this series, I need to announce to you, it is time for the evolution of the church, both ours and the body of Christ at large. So let's get some quick clarity. First, you are the church, which means then we don't come to harvest, we are harvest. 
The word church comes from the word ecclesia, which means a called out people, not a building, which means watch this, wherever we are, the church is. If we're at the mall, the church is there. If we're at the movies, the church is there. If we're at the call out, the church is there. Wherever you are, the church is. Which then means we are not, watch this, a monument, we are a movement. And when you are movement, there's no building big enough to house you. Which is why 1 Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Say, I am the church. Now watch this, to evolve, God constantly calls every area of your life out of darkness, that's what it was, into light, that's what it should be. And too many folk quit on God and they quit on church because the calling out process is dirty and it's messy, but you are evolving. And watch this, even in church, so are other people. I know sometimes, sometimes church folk can mess your nerve and do this and do that and all that. They may be messy now, but just like you, they're evolving. Which means we will not be the kind of church that tears other folk down, that kicks other people down. We will not be the kind of church that looks other folks upside their head. We are the kind of church that will build one another up. Nino said, am I my brother's keeper? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, I got your back. Uh, which means you are not in this thing alone. I'm fighting for you. I want to see you do well because when you do well, I do well. We all do well. And I like saying it like this, I may not be where I want to be, but I thank God that I'm not where I used to be. Would you high five somebody and say, we're both evolving? And I know what somebody's thinking, but Bishop, you don't know my past. God can't use me because of my past. Wrong! Your past is why he wants to use you. You didn't have nothing to tell nobody until you were divorced. You didn't have a testimony to share until you were bankrupt. You didn't have a testimony to share until you went through the car accident. Just your neighbor say your past is what qualifies you. Don't you ever let anybody look down on you because of your failures or look down on you because of your mistakes. That's the stuff that qualifies you. I don't want to hear nothing from somebody who ain't been through nothing. Have several seats. You ain't been through nothing. That's a, that's a church colloquialism. It just means don't nobody want to hear you. No, no, no. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Say my past qualifies me. Which means this. Hear me, church. It is time for you to stop playing with life. You play too much. You play like you're not going to have to stand before God one day. And I don't know about you. I want to hear him say this. Well done, my good and faithful. Not just servant. I'm a son. Well done. Not boy, bye. When you stand in front of him, is he going to say bye, Felicia, because you spent your whole life chasing a man and you never chased? Okay, y'all not saying. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all got real quiet right there. Is he going to say, boy, bye, because you spent your whole life from one relationship to the next relationship popping out babies, but you never did what I sent you to do? It's evolution time. Yeah. What's this? What's this? It's time to stop playing with life. You play like you have unlimited time. And the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once. Appointed, which means there's a day you don't know about that heaven says that's the end. So you count up, heaven counts down. And here's my question. If the clock was to end today, would it ever matter that you were ever here in the first place? And I'm not talking just because everybody matters in their heart. That's the problem with America is we give folks trophies for not winning. We give participation trophies. No, you only get a trophy if you win. Well, everybody matters. Not if you ain't making your life matter. You're going to have to get up and decide. I've been through hell, but I'm going to make it matter. I've been hurt, but I'm going to make it matter. I... Somebody, I'm going to make my life matter. 
you better learn how to make hell pay. You better learn how to make the enemy pay. You put me through that when I'm going to put you through something. So, so first, you are the church. And it's time to stop playing with your life like you don't have to stand in front of God one day. It's time to stop playing with your life like, you know, all you're trying to do, I'm just trying to get these bills paid. I'm just trying to do this. I'm just trying to get married. I'm just trying to do this. I'm just trying to do this. I'm just trying to do this. As soon as I do that, I'm going to get serious about God. Mm, please. Fifth Sunday, no filter. Child of God, please. Watch this. Second, it's time for our church to do greater works. Watch this. And you're part of it. You are not here by accident. You are, I know you think you picked to come here. No, you were chosen to come here. You were selected to be here. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God says that he gives you a man of God that's after his own heart, Jeremiah. He says, I'll give you a pastor, a shepherd, a leader that's after my own heart that'll feed you with knowledge and understanding. And when you follow that, you won't lack for anything. You won't have stress, nor will you have unnecessary fear. Doesn't ever say, that's the book. Watch this. You're part of it. Say, I'm part of it. Excuse me, I just need to say it as, as real as I can on this fifth Sunday. You have been consumed with crap that doesn't count. Well, so-and-so don't this, so-and-so don't this. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I'm trying to do this. Oh, I got to pray this. God says you are consumed with stuff that's an insult because it's not greater works. Think about where the majority of your time is spent. It's spent on stuff that in the long run don't matter. Man, did you hear what so-and-so said? No, I'm so busy doing stuff, I ain't got time to sit up and listen to what so-and-so said. To hell with so-and-so. So-and-so need to get them some business. And I'm not cussing. Hell is the Greek word Gehenna, which means to the hot trash. It was a trash heap outside of Gehenna. Think about it. You're consumed with stuff that in the long run doesn't matter. You're overwhelmed and stressed out with stuff that in the long run it doesn't matter. It's quiet in the church. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Acts 738, here it is. Say time for greater works. Say evolution time. Say, and I'm part of it. You've searched your whole life for meaning. Watch this, watch this. It's here. I got, at least I got one witness. See, here's what happens. When y'all don't shout right, he'll bring somebody to do it for you. When you don't respond right, he'll bring somebody to do it for you. When you don't get it, he'll bring somebody to do it for you. Say, I'm part of it. We search our whole lives. Think about, think about all the stuff you've done to fit in with groups. You wasn't loosey-goosey, but you became loosey-loosey to try to fit in with them thoughts. You don't, you, don't normally, you don't normally smoke. You ain't even, you ain't even all that. You don't normally, but you did that, try to fit in with some folks. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? You don't even like acting a certain way, but you did stuff to fit in with certain groups of people to only discover that you were the eagle and they were the chickens and you didn't fit anyhow. You didn't fit anyhow. You didn't fit anyhow. Well, I need to announce to you, you found where you fit. Just your neighbor say, I found where I fit. Finally, you've gone your whole life trying to figure out where you fit. Well, you found where you fit. And now it's time for greater works. What's this? You still here? Yes, Acts 738, Charles, the children of Israel, the church, they evolved in the New Testament in the book of Acts as a mega movement that changed the world. Say, they're not a monument, a movement. Say, we are not a monument, we're a movement. Say, one building 
cannot contain us. I got delivered from building-itis. Because when you're a movement, a building can't contain you. It can just house operations. They a mega movement that changed the world. They started in Jerusalem, which is tantamount to what we would call the Bible Belt in the United States, and it spread. They started in a place where people had a predilection for things that were spiritual, and they just needed to be taught kingdom. They just needed to be taught a better way. They needed to be taught the evolved way, and then it spread. Say they started in the Bible Belt, as it were, and expanded. Now, Bishop, why is this important to understand? But watch this. Because sometimes... Uh, in church, uh, the unlearned will say, Bishop, we need to go back to Acts. Here's the problem. Uh, that's not true. Or sometimes folks will say, Bishop, we need a revival. I feel a revival breaking out. No, you're just about to shout. That's all that is. Shouting is not revival, by the way. Shouting's good, but it's not revival. Well, watch this. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Those things are nice, but, but, but uh, they're not inaccurate, but they are incomplete. We are the evolution of Acts. We are not supposed to be the repetition of Acts. Greater works means what we do is supposed to be greater than what they did. Which means if we're trying to go back to what they did, we're out of order. We're supposed to write a new book of Acts. <laughs> Would you high five your neighbor and say we are the evolution of the church? Okay, I need you to get this. I need you to get this. Say greater works. greater works. Now, there are two key points to how they evolved and did greater works that I want to point out today. Because watch this. Since they were the evolution of the church. See, the church starts back all the way to our New Testament. Then you come to Acts. Now, they are the evolution of the church. And so now we are the evolution of that. Check it out. So there are principles we can extract that will show us how to do greater works. Say so there are principles that we can extract that will show us how to do greater works. Now, my sense, there are two key points to how they evolved and did greater works, and I want to point that out today because, watch this, it is time for us to evolve and do greater works. Now, let me be very honest with you. I wasn't dealt a great hand since we planted our church. Matter of fact, it ain't one year. It's not one year I didn't been dealt a great hand. And 10 years. That's a lot of years to have to take bad hands and play them well. But watch this. But we built anyway. Okay, I'll shut myself. I don't really need you to do it. What well, says your neighbor's issue is that they keep complaining about not being dealt a good hand, not realizing when you're an evolutionary and that's who you are. God says, I ain't gonna give you no jokers, I ain't gonna give you no aces. You're gonna have to take some twos and some three and some threes and some fours, and you're gonna have to learn how to take a bad hand and how to play it well. Where are the people at in this room that said, Bishop, I ain't never been dealt a good hand, but I learned how to take a bad hand and Play it well. That's why you didn't have a silver spoon. Truth be told, you ain't have no spoon. Truth be told, some of you had to go and buy your own spoon. But God said, you're an evolutionary. And I sent you as an evolutionary to an evolutionary pastor to build an evolutionary church because it is evolution time. I said, I ain't been dealt a good hand since we started. In Denver? Man, please. I was, I was telling a pastor, I said, I said, this air has been good to you. And he was saying, well, no, I have to deal with this and this and this. I said, you understand. I said, the hand I was dealt is one thing to just go fishing. 
the hand I was dealt, I had to dig the pond, put the water in the pond, go get the fish, put the fish in the pond, then get my fishing rod and fish for the fish in the pond. And when you're gifted, that's an insult. You're not hearing me. Watch this. LeBron said, I got to get on a team that can win. You're missing the point. Don't mishear me. Don't mishear what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that sometimes that'll make you think, watch this. Let me preach to your neighbor. Sometimes that'll make you think, what's so wrong with me that I got to play this hand? And sometimes it's not that anything's wrong with you. Is that there's something right about you. And so God says, I could trust you with that pain. I could trust you with that trouble. I could trust you with that team. I could trust you with those issues. I could trust you in that region. Because if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. And after all the hell you've overcome, if you did that, it is now time for greater works. I wasn't dealt a great hand since we planted, but we built anyway because we're evolutionaries. And even though God has been good to our church and we've broken statistics in this region and transcended barriers, we must do more because harvest, we are a battleship, not a cruise ship. And it is time for greater works. He said, Bishop, how many times are you going to say that? I'm going to keep saying it until we do it. There's two things I noticed. Two things. How many things? Two th the two things I noticed about them, and I just want to introduce you to this today, and I'm going to finish it on Wednesday, and I need you to be here on Wednesday so I can mobilize you and activate you because I can only introduce this to you today. You cannot miss Wednesday because I'm going to mobilize you and activate you. I know you got so, much, so many things to do watching Cookie build her empire while yours is crumbling. Maybe if you start putting God first, you can start seeing some results. Why is God second to everybody? Why does he come up second to your mammy, second to your daddy, second to your husband, second to your wife, second to your cousin? God says he doesn't play second well. He is not a side piece. He is number one. Touch your neighbor and say, put him first. No, watch this. Fifth Sunday. Watch this. Watch this. Here's the first thing. First thing I noticed about the church of Acts, I'm almost done, is his power propelled them. You got to remember, they had just lost Jesus 40 days earlier. In the book of Acts, particularly Acts chapter 2, after they replaced Judas, <clears throat> you have now these 12 apostles. There were more than 12 apostles. There were 12 ruling apostles. Judas is dead, and they replaced Judas with this guy named Matthias. And so these guys are what are called the bishops because the scripture says, let another man take his office, his episcopate, episcopacy, where we get our word bishop. So then the bishops were the ruling apostles over the other apostles. So check it out. You still with me? Check it out now. Jesus is gone. The church is dealing with grief. The church is dealing with pain. And then in Acts 1-8, Jesus says the church is going to be empowered by his Holy Spirit, which is when he fills us. And he comes in, watch this, like water, but that water comes out of us like fire that overwhelms the fire outside of us. And he said, the reason I'm giving you this power is so that you can be my witnesses. And then he says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Let me say it another way. In your community, in your city, in your region, in your world. Which means, watch this, I didn't give you power just so you could sit up around other church folk and sound good. I didn't give you power just so you could speak with an unknown tongue. That's good. Uh, but that's not the reason I gave you the power. I gave you the power so that you could now, watch this, be propelled by my power and be my witnesses. Now, this is important to understand uh, because, watch this, there are three levels of Christian experience. The first experience is when we are saved. That's when we're sealed or saved or born again by the Spirit. The second experience is when we are filled with His Spirit. It's also called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Ghost. All those things mean the same, mean the same thing. So, watch this. When you become a Christian and get saved, He seals you. But then the next experience is when He 
fills you, which means the God out there now dwells in here so that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's only true when you're filled, not just when you're sealed. You got it? Now, watch this. The third experience is when we are refilled with his spirit, which gives us power, but power without purpose is pointless. How many, how many Christian experiences? Three. On my Espanol speakers? Chimichangas. Watch this. I'm being funny. Do not be offended. I love chimichangas. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. Now, <laughs> I'm being funny. What? <laughs> so the other day, so the other day, the other day, uh, I'm, I'm taking Spanish lessons in my car. Just because I'm in my car a lot. And so when I'm in my car, I got to take my Spanish lessons. I don't have time to take them anywhere else. So I'm taking Spanish lessons. And so the other day, I was, uh, in my car and all that. And I got back in my car and I said, you hear my Spanish lessons? I said, yes, sir. They said, you're really serious about this Spanish thing. I said, I'm very serious about this Spanish thing. I said, one day I'm going to get up and preach. And I'm going to say, glory to Dios, iglesia. <laughs> glory to God, church. I'm going to have it down. You're going to be like. Okay, so side note. Okay, watch this. How many Christian experiences? Three. What's the first one? Say. Ah, watch this. Here's what we're going to do. I did it at 9.15. I'm going to do it this way too. See, watch this. Typically at the end of the message, in about 10, 15 minutes at the end of the message, typically then we do an invitation to Jesus. I'm not going to wait. We're going to do it now. Here's why. Because hell is hoping that over the next 10 to 15 minutes you get distracted by some stuff going on in your life and that you miss this moment. So we're not going to miss this moment. So everybody, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want everybody, if you're in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never become a Christian, I got good news. There is forgiveness for you. 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body died so that you could have life and life more abundantly. And guess what? If you're not a Christian or if you are far from God, watch this, or if you're not sure, guess what? Now is your moment to be sure. And here's the beauty. You don't, watch this, you don't get your life together to come to God. You come to God and he gives you the power to get your life together. So I don't care what issues you got, what problems you got, all that, none of that matters. If you've never become a Christian or you need to recommit yourself to Jesus or you're not sure, with the heads bound and eyes closed, under the sound of my voice in the auditorium and all of our six digital locations, wherever you're at, on the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up. One, two, three, if that's you, throw that hand up wherever you're at. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. I see you. Oh, come on, Harvest. Thank God for every hand lifted. We just reversed the script. The enemy was hoping I'd wait to the end, but I, I evolved. I evolved. Everybody, lay your hands on yourself. Say this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief, because of this confession, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. It's evolution time in my life. Seal me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise for every decision just made. There were tons of hands that just went up. You better shout better than that. If that was your cousin or your uncle or your auntie or your mama or your daddy, you'd shout better than that. No, 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 no. That's the first experience. Here's the second experience. Second experience is when you're filled with the Spirit. You see how quickly it takes. See, watch this. It don't take. The church moves too slow. If it's one thing I can't stand is people that move slow. Because I move fast. I walk through the mall fast. I drive in appropriate speed limits. I walk down the halls fast, I talk fast, I type fast, I text fast. Wasting too much time sitting up discussing stuff. It's time to move, it's time to go, it's time to get stuff handled and you wanna sit up and have a discussion. 
follow the instruction or get out the way. Excuse me. Now, watch this. Here's the second experience where you're filled with his spirit. That means the God out there now dwells in here. And we dealt with this last week. I've taught on it before. Messages like ghosts, you got to get those. But, but watch this. When you're filled with the spirit, you receive that power that we're talking about here. Now, you understand what I'm saying? It's sealed according to Acts 19.6 with the laying on of hands by your man of God. I don't have time to do that today. We'll do that on Wednesday. But here's what I need to do. Uh, I need everybody to pray this prayer. Say, Father, I've received the first experience. I'm sealed by the spirit. Now, in the name of Jesus, I ask for the second experience where I am filled with your Holy Spirit. Dwell in me. Live in me. Come in like water. Come out like fire. Come in like water. Come out like fire. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I now have power over every enemy, over every circumstance. In Jesus' name, give him praise for what you pray. I said give him praise for what you pray. Now, why did I have you do that in church? The third experience is when we're refilled by his spirit. Why did I have you do that? Because greater works start when we understand the purpose of the power, which is for two things. Say, there's a purpose for that power. Now, I know some of you might say, Bishop, I didn't feel nothing when I prayed that prayer. You ain't got to feel nothing. God is not a feeling because then you can lose him. Feelings change. Watch this. Today, after church, I feel like barbecue as of right now. I promise you it's going to change because I started talking about them chimichangas. I'm probably going to want some nachos. My feelings change predicated upon what entered my senses. So watch this. God does not deal nor dwell in the realm of feelings because your feelings are subject to change. Which means when you prayed it just like you got saved and it was done, when you prayed to be filled, it was done and we'll seal it on Wednesday with the laying on of hands. I don't have time to do that today. Say, we'll seal it on Wednesday. But, but say, I am filled and I now have power. All right, so now watch this. That power without purpose is pointless. And if you grew up in church, you thought the only purpose of the power was to do stuff like this. Okay, you. Oh, I'm speaking in tongues, so that's the purpose of the power. Or oh, I'm snotting on the altar. No, you're just making it difficult for the people who have to clean the carpet. No, no. The purpose of the power, say the power has purpose. Twofold. I got to wrap this up. One was for works. The other was for witnessing. Check this out. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow them who believe. And these signs will follow bishop. And these signs will follow people who clap. But you should clap. And these signs will follow people that shout. No, but you should shout. And these signs will follow people that dance. No, but you should dance. And these signs will follow them who what? Believe. Which means, watch this, you've been satisfied, watch this, with too low of a level of Christianity. You're supposed to have some signs that follow you. Question, what signs follow you or are you just a sad sight? And if you were, good news, that's over. If you were, good news, that's over. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Next verse. They will take up serpents. Notice it doesn't say snakes. It says serpents. Because a serpent in scripture was a deceiver. See, watch this. I'm going to tell some of y'all how you got proof you had power. You dealt with so many snakes on your plane. Over the last several months. Okay, some of y'all don't remember the movie Snakes on the Plane. There's this movie called Snakes on the Plane. There's a bunch of snakes on the plane. Samuel L. Jackson says, I'm sick of all these 
snakes on this plane? Anybody over the last 12 months, you done had some snakes on your plane? Mm-hmm. They, maybe they were your cousin. Maybe it was your mama. Maybe it was your daddy. Maybe it was your auntie. Maybe it was a friend, which actually couldn't have been a friend because you can't lose a friend because a friend can't be lost. Which means all they did was reveal they weren't a friend, they were a serpent. Sometimes we miscategorize because we're too quickly to categorize. Watch this. They'll take up serpents. Which means, watch what he says. They'll take them up. Which means, watch this. You'll look at a deceiver and be like, that's your best shot? That's the best you got? Notice how Jesus was around Judas. I said this this morning. I don't have time to get into it in deep detail. Jesus, Jesus sitting at the table. They're having the Passover. Jesus sitting at the table. And Jesus is like, one of you is going to betray me. John's like, for real? And since John and Jesus had this special connection going on, they leaned back. Bible says they lean back. <laughs> Touch the neighbor and say, that's the original gangster lean. That's the original. God. The OG lean. God. The original God lean. Don't y'all start that with me. You don't, want, you don't want no trouble with me. What's this? It's the original lean. They lean back at the table. John is like, for real, Jesus, who, who, who going to betray you? Jesus is like, watch this. Whoever puts his hand, and Judas was, watch this. Serpents always are listening. And they always grouping up in corners. You see people grouping up in corners, just walk over there and say, what y'all talking about? Over here slithering. But watch out for you get took up. Jesus, 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 they lean back at the table. And when they lean back, just never say they lean back. Say they lean with it. Then rock with it. So they lean back, and Jesus is like, whoever puts his hand in the thing same time as me, that's who's going to betray me. Judas, he's the, here's the end part of whoever puts his hand in the thing. He didn't hear the first part. So then Judas is like, I guess I better put my hand over in here. He puts it in here, and then John looks like, it's him. I knew it was him. I could never stand him. When he started showing up, I could never stand him. He was always late for the meetings. He never put all his full tithe in. He always had to tell him to be on time to serve. He never followed any protocol. I knew. Uh-huh. Verse 18, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it shall by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Listen to me, church. Watch this. When you go places, you should have signs. Which means, watch this, you talking about, well, no, I, I saw somebody at the store, it looked like they need prayer. Pray for them! But I just wasn't sure. Sure about what? Book says, if you're a believer, you're supposed to have some signs. I know somebody on the church on their way to the hospital to pray, but until then, you there. So take that anointing on you got out of that bookstore and put some oil on them and say, in the name. Y'all not saying. You're supposed to have signs and wonders following you. See, works and witnessing. Say, works. And witnessing. So then works then refer to these signs and these wonders, which means everywhere you go, since the church goes, you have the full authority and power of God there with you. But watch this. Most of us just sit there and let life do whatever it's going to do. Instead of saying, wait a minute, when I showed up, the church showed up. Which means I know this situation looks bad, and I know somebody from the church on their way, but until then, I'm here. Which means when I showed up, I'm going to take authority. I'm going to take authority over this thing. Instead of waiting on somebody else to go to the hospitals and pray, you get off your blessed assurance and go pray for somebody. Instead of waiting for somebody else to feed the hungry, you get up off your blessed assurance and you do it. 
it, watch this. It's not a miracle. It's, you know, sometimes, sometimes folk call stuff a miracle. And all it is is just the ideal situations and circumstances. What makes it a miracle is when it shouldn't be done, but you do it anyhow. Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, I am, a I am a miracle. What you've already done, let's be truthful, shouldn't have been done. You shouldn't have made it through. But you did it anyhow. The power was to do what two things? Works, witness him. What two things? Harvest. Let me remind us. Our mission is to lead people to totally. Everywhere you are, we have a location. You can't hold me in no building. You can't hold us in no building. At Kaiser, we got we really need one there. You got a location. At Blue Cross Blue Shield, you got a location. At wherever you work, we got a location. At King Supers, you got a location. At Publix, we got a location. At the Piggly Wiggly, we can, wherever you are, we have a location. What do you think you're there for? I just come to do my work and leave. You are misrepresenting the church. It's quiet here. We're in the business church of changing lives, black lives, white lives, Latin lives, Asian lives, Arab lives, every age, every race, every color, every background, every pedigree, every economic situation, everybody, anywhere, no previous church experience necessary, which brings me to my second point. What was the purpose of the power? Works and witnessing. Brings me to the second point. The church advanced aggressively by works and witnessing. The church advanced for that reason. It went from 120 or so folk in an upper room after the first day because the people did works and witnessing 3,120 no lights no mics no jumbotrons no trusts no props no signage none of that but when the people said we've got power let's do something with it watch this I refuse to sit around with power and do nothing with it it's real quiet right through here. We are not just some church on the corner. We are a city on a hill. So says Matthew 5, 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Which means the church is the answer to every issue, our community. Every issue, our city. Every issue, our region. Every issue, our nation. Every issue, our world faces. So they were bold. And I need to tell you, you've been too passive. Talking about this is my personal relationship with Jesus. I don't want to offend nobody. That's a ridiculous notion. Who gets married and says, I don't want to wear the ring because I don't want to offend the other folk that might try to holler at me? If they don't wear the ring, it's because they're cheating. Peep game. It's quiet in church. And you sitting there talking about the government this. I'm just so worried. You know why you're worried? Because you're out of order. You're out of order because you have power that's not been used. I ain't worried about who in the White House. I ain't worried about who in the State House. I ain't worried about who in the U.S. Representative. I ain't worried about none of that. You know why? Because the book says the government will be upon his shoulders. And since we are his body, I ain't looking to Donald Trump to do nothing for me. I'll do it for myself because we are the church. I don't need him. Thank God for him. I want him to do well. I, you maybe didn't vote for him, and maybe you did. I don't know. That's your prerogative. You like Bobby Brown. You can do what you want to do. All I do know is he got the office now, so we need to pray for his success. I need him to do well because I need him to make it easy for me to do what I need to do. 
Whether you like them or not, whatever, that ain't really the issue. The Bible says pray for the leaders of your people. Here's the problem, though. No. Church folks say, no, we're just so concerned about what's going on in the world. Let's go have a women's march. Let's go have a this march. And I, and I ain't saying nothing against that. That's cool. Just don't be missing church to go march. But here's the deal. What you going to do after you march? What you going to do? Now, I'm all for that. Don't get offended. Tell your don't get offended. I'm not, but don't, don't play me though. Don't, don't sit there and look at me like I can't believe they said that. I'm not, I'm not one of them guys, so don't try that with me. It's not built that way. I'm a bus. You, you can get on or get run over, either way. I want you on it though. Tell your say, Bishop, won't you on it though? What are we going to do? The church is the answer. And we're sitting here looking to people to be the answer. We're supposed to be. We're the answer to homelessness, not them. We're the answer to our young ladies and our young men rising up. We're the answer. We're the answer to that young girl that was raped. We're the answer to that young man that was molested. We're the answer. Somebody holler, we are the answer. The church is the answer to every issue. And we're not called to be passive or silent. You sit on your job and half the folk even know you're a Christian. Because you're talking about, I don't want to offend nobody. If you were selling your little Mary Kay, you wouldn't care about that. If you were selling your kids candy bars, you wouldn't care about that. If you were selling your pyramid plan, you wouldn't care about that. So don't play God like that. I don't want to offend anyone. Well, sometimes, Bishop, I cuss on my job, and they may not come to church because of that. That'll be an incentive for them to come to church. Because you can be like, baby, you can see me that I ain't got it all together. And if he can use somebody like me, where the real people at? If he can use somebody like me, I promise you, he can use somebody like you. Here again, I may not be where I want to be. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be. That's proof there is a God. What's this? What's this? We're supposed to be bold about advancing the church. If you have a cure to cancer, you'd be blogging it, Facebooking it, tweeting it, texting it, passing out flyers. You'd be doing whatever you could to tell everybody, uh, anybody about it. You wouldn't have to be reminded. Hear me, church. Evangelism isn't a department in our church. It's the responsibility of every harvester. And inviting people to church isn't my responsibility at all. It's yours. We are not supposed to be passive bystanders while people suffer from what you could solve through inviting them to church. See, works and witnessing, works and witnessing. And we should be inviting, watch this, at least three people every day to church. And in doing so, at least 12 people will become Christians over the course of a year. Because Matthew 13, Jesus gives us empirical data that says only one out of four people will produce anything from what they hear. So you mad because you invited two people and didn't get no results. Well, you ain't got enough. You got to get four to get one. Jesus gives the numbers. Say, you got to play the numbers. You got to play the numbers. Now watch this. Something powerful happens for you when you aggressively advance the church. Because in Acts chapter 8, I'm getting ready to close. Philip, who had just watched his fellow deacon Stephen be killed publicly and was probably still grieving, is found doing works and witnessing. What are you doing? What's he doing, church? Because he knew the key to restoring his own hope came by dealing hope to somebody else. And that's why the great emperor Napoleon said every leader, which is an influencer of other people, is a dealer in hope. Because he knew the more hope you give is the more hope you have. Check this out. You're expecting a harvest of something you've not sown. You know why you're hopeless? You haven't given any hope. You know why you have no joy? You've not been somebody else's joy. You know why you ain't got peace? Because you always stirring up hell for everybody else. If you want it, you got to sow it, which means to get it, you got to give it. 
Philip said, I'm grieving. I just lost my friend Stephen. I'm grieving. I just lost my friend. They stoned him to death for doing works and witnessing. And I could give up right now. I could punk out right now. Watch this. Here's how your neighbor used to live. They start going through something in life. They disappear from church. Don't even have the courtesy to say nothing. Disappear from serving. Unlike us on Facebook. Boy, bye. Unfollow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm just going through something right now. And that's why you never come out of what you go through. Because, watch this, because you got power to do works and witnessing. Philip said, to get over this grief, I'm going to need to go sow hope. To get over this pain, I'm going to need to give hope. I'm going to need to use this power for works and witnessing. See, watch this. It's not a miracle when you feel good. Amen. What makes it a miracle, what makes it power is when you don't have the natural strength. And you sitting up encouraging other people while they don't know your whole life just fell apart. Who am I preaching to? They don't know you just got a bill in the mail that scared the heaven, hell, and earth out of you. But you sitting up encouraging them. Just give faithfully and watch God open the door for you. See, you're going to have to learn how to sow what it is that you want to see. I'm about to finish. Watch this. I'm about to finish. Watch this. Whatever doesn't kill you, wrong. It awakens the warrior in you. Every time I sense an enemy, I know I'm getting ready to evolve. I heard this saying this week, and it was so, I liked it so much I wrote it down. See, we say whatever doesn't kill you make you stronger, but the reality is stronger for what? I said this morning to 915, could you imagine seeing somebody, and we got tons of great uh, folks in our church that work out and love fitness, and we thank God for them. <laughs> Amen. 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 We thank God for him. Now, watch this. Could you imagine seeing, you know, big old Zeus, Zeus, you know, y'all remember Thunderdome Zeus? He was swole. Swole is an urban colloquialism that just means very large and muscular. He was swole. Now, that ain't swole music. Give me some swole music. That's, that's. He's swole. You know, so swole, walk like this here. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. y'all don't know nothing about that. Now, watch this. Could you imagine swole? I mean, just biceps just look like, you know. This is his bicep. You know what I'm saying? You know, just, just swole. Say swole. Could you imagine him going in the gym and picking up a 15-pound weight? Talking about. You'd be like, shouldn't he be carrying a little more? Watch it. Shouldn't he be doing a little more? Because he looks like he's got more strength. Okay. I'm going to tell somebody what didn't kill you. Yes, it made you stronger, but it made you stronger so that the warrior in you could awaken and could arise so you can do more. You're not supposed to do less when you go through hell. You're supposed to do more. Somebody say greater works. Do it with me. Greater works. Do it with me. Greater works. It's evolution time. So here's the last thing. What slows down the evolution of the church? You cannot stop it. 
because we are a bus. You cannot stop it because we are a bus. So the question is, what slows it down? Now, I already told you, I like moving fast. I walk fast. When people walk with me places, they'll say, and I'll be like, you know, I'll be like, you need to come on. Like, you have messed, okay, watch this. Let me just, can I vent for about 20 seconds? You ever went to the mall or the store with somebody? Or to the outlets or something? And, and, and they just... Oh, look at that. That is... Uh, but go in the store then. I'm hungry. You ain't walked far enough to be hungry. When I go to the store, I don't even got to know where I'm going, but I'm walking fast. That's just me. When I'm on the road, I believe in obeying all local, state, and federal laws. but I just believe I can fly. I think about it every night and day. I believe I can soar. See me running. See me running. See me running. See me running. Oh, 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 oh. So here's the thing. I like getting to where I'm going. So what can slow down the evolution of the church? Three things and I'm done. You getting this? Say it's evolution time. First is unplanted plants. Do, do you see the paradox in the phrase? Unplanted plants. See, check this out. Psalm 92.13 teaches us that when you make the church flourish, God makes you flourish. Question, what have you done for him lately? What have you done for him lately? Check this out. Check this out. I know what you want him to do for you. Question is, what have you done for him? Could it be you're expecting a harvest of some things that you've not sown? See, when you're not planted, Psalm 92, 13 teaches you you can't prosper, which means you can't do greater works. And being planted doesn't just mean coming on Sunday. That's a good start. Being planted doesn't just mean coming on Wednesday. That makes you wise, and you should do that. Being planted means taking your next step, which we currently call Kingdom Life University or KLU. In our evolution, it will be called Harvest You. Some of y'all sitting up waiting to take it. I want you to go take it today. Jesus wants you to go take it today. Now, I'm being very serious here. Because the book says you cannot flourish if you are not planted. Those who are planted. Put the verse up. Those who are what? Planted. Not those who sit on blessed assurance. Say, I got to take my next steps. Now, I know what somebody may think of a bishop. I can't do that because of this. I can't do that because of this. Have you not been listening to me the last 40 minutes? Or 37 or whatever it is. T touch your neighbor says, next steps. Now, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Now, watch this. A lack of commitment breeds complacency. And you can never evolve when you don't have roots. You can never evolve when you don't have roots. Think about it. How can a plant grow if it doesn't have roots? 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me prove it to you. How many of y'all, you took that one piece of plant and put it in a vase with some water? Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. You was like, oh, and you, watch this. You took it out of its dirt. You took it out of its dirt, which it needed. Okay, I don't have time to work that. And then now you took it from its roots and put it in some water. Water represents spirit. You're like, come on, grow. It doesn't have roots. So for everybody who says, well, I, would, I just don't believe in organized religion. You are a lie. You don't go to Walmart and say, I don't, you don't, I don't believe in organized shelving. Where's the syrup? It's over here somewhere. We don't believe in organizing the shelves. Go find it. No, you just don't like uh, having the order of God in your life so that way you get to make God in your image and in your likeness rather than you being made in his image and his likeness. It ain't on your terms. No, I, just, I, just, I just believe in the clouds and the pyramids and okay. And Buddha. Mm-hmm, Buddha, yes. I just believe. I, how do we really know the Bible is right? You breathing? That's how we know the Bible is right. How we know the Bible is right? You should be dead, but you're not. How do we know the Bible is right? You ain't lost your natural mind. How do we know the Bible is right? I'm still standing after everything. That's why I know the Bible is right. I didn't need to read it. I am it. I'm living it. I'm a living epistle. Say, I got to get planted. Now, if it's time for you to get in where you fit in and you fit here. And if you're already in, your commitment's got to evolve. See, it's not just doing it, it's how you do it. Got it? You shouldn't have to be reminded to invite. Unless your commitment needs to evolve. It's quiet up in here. Here's the second thing that slows down the movement or the evolution of the church. Various theys. This is what you mean. Acts 2.13. Others mocking said, they are full of new wine. So they mock them. All you do is go to church. You just be good. Come on, go with us. Come on, do this. Come on, do this. How do you do? You just be serving. You just be giving. You just be doing all that. That's a cult. That's a this. That's a, I ain't never heard of that. You wouldn't have heard about it because you're whack. You wouldn't get it because you're whack. And it is the responsibility of them that know to educate those that don't know about what they don't know and they think that they do know. You just going to that church. You just, you just serving. You just praying. You just doing all that. It's amazing. They didn't say that stuff to you when you was twerking. Okay, y'all ain't y'all gonna look at me like you don't know what a torque is? Stop. Watch this. The mother preachers try to deny. Okay, you got to stay with me, son. You're supposed to play. All right, I was going to wrap it, but you, you left me hanging. Watch this. Say they mock them. They didn't say nothing to you when you was in the club. Why they say something about you coming to church? They didn't say nothing to you when you were struggling. Now you finally starting to get some self-esteem built up and now you finally starting to love God, love people, love life. 
you better learn how to tell they they can take their drama they can tell their mess they can take their issues and they can go somewhere with that touch your neighbor say ain't nobody got time for that they mocked them because they did not understand watch this then they followed them I never worry about they because I realize they will be subject to may after a while kind of make it work okay touch your neighbor say don't worry about they they may mock you now but they'll follow us after a while that's what happened in the book of Acts. They kept mocking them. They said, oh, they're full of new wine. Here's what they said. They're drunks. They're crazy. They didn't, they didn't got over there with that Bishop Foreman, and they just crazy. I used to call them and, and pull them into all my drama, and now they won't even take my calls. I used to try to mess up their day, and now it don't even work. I used to try to tell them they were crazy. Now they give more. I used to tell them they were crazy for serving them. Now they do more. Why? I don't have time for they. Why? It's evolution time. Brings me to my last point. What slows the evolution of the church? You cannot stop it, but I don't want it being slowed down. Here it is. Friendly fire. Say friendly fire. It's amazing because sometimes church folk, anybody grow up in church? What's one of the things you remember about that you disliked about church? Folk. Can we be honest? Because watch this. You'd come in, nice greeting everybody, all this, all that, and then you, you, you know, folk would start stuff with you. Always starting something. I remember one time, I remember one time. Can I just tell you a story? I remember one time. I remember one time. I'm done. I'm getting ready to close. And I remember. I remember one time. I remember one time. I got this new car. I like cars. Okay. Now I'm not one of them guys that like to like. Oh, it's got 480 horsepower. I don't care about that. <laughs> show me the rims. Show me the trim. Show me the computer. I don't care nothing about the rest of all that. Oh, is this you know? Eight foot pounds of tour. I like. Well, I don't even know what that is. I just is it gonna move fast when I cook the pedal? That's all I want to know. Bitch, let me show you how to work on it. I don't want to know how to work on it. That's what the deal is for. I got stuff to do. You work on it. Now, here's, I'm a, I got a new car one time. It was part of a church years and years ago. I got a new car. And he said, man, they talking about you. I said, for what? Because he got that new, and he said the name of the car. I said, I've always had nice cars. I said, and I just decided to get another one. I said, they talking about that? I said, well, I got two problems. One, what'd you say to him? Because if you reporting it, I want to know what part you played in it. I said, so run, tell this. That, uh, I said, run, tell this. I said, go tell him I ain't studying. That's a southern colloquialism. He's paying attention. I ain't studying nothing they saying. I said, since they ain't paying for nothing around here, you tell them to be encouraged. And tell them, furthermore, if they such a grown man, come see me and say it to my face. Needless to say, I never had that problem again. But if you grew up in church, you, you dealt with stuff with people. And a lot of times, it's friendly fire. Where church folk, because they don't understand assignment, they don't understand purpose, they don't understand kingdom, they don't understand any of the stuff I've talked about and have taught about over the years, they don't understand this, and so then they'll fight one another. And so rather than praying for you, they'll pray on you. Rather than encouraging you, they'll build you up. Well, let me just be very clear about this house. As for me and my house, Harvest is God's by ownership. It's mine by stewardship, yours by membership and servanthood. 
we are not that church. We will not tear one another down. We will not talk about one another. We will not gossip about one another. No, we will lift one another up. We will speak life into one another. We will build one another up. We want our neighbor to do well. Because if our neighbor's doing well, guess who's next? Touch your neighbor and say, no friendly fire up in here. You couldn't do that in the military. Military, you couldn't shoot one another and then expect somehow that, that you were going to win the war after you shot all your fellow warriors. So let me be very clear, Harvest. You hear me and you hear me doggone good. We will not. We will not. We don't play drama here. We don't play games here. We don't play gossip here. If that's what you want, you need to get the heck up out of here and go find you somewhere else to go. But for the rest of us, it's evolution time. For the rest of us, it's greater works time. And I dare you, if you say you got your neighbor's back, and you're going to speak life into them and you're going to build them up and you're going to encourage them. And if you're glad to be in a house like that, I need somebody, anybody, step on your feet and give God a... Say it's evolution time. Say it's evolution time. Say it's evolution time. Anybody ready to do this thing with me? Anybody ready to do some greater works with me? Now listen. Listen, I already said this, and he said again. I need you here Wednesday. When I need you here? When I need you here? When I need you here? Because on Wednesday, I need to mobilize you and activate you. I didn't have time to get to that today. I need to mobilize you and activate you on how to do this. Hear me, Harvest. God expects a lot from us this year, and I'm going to give it to him. And some more. And hear me, you're part of it. This is not the Bishop Foreman show. This is the Harvest show. Say, say it's us. Now, let's be clear. You need a leader, but let's be very clear. This is our job to do in Denver, in Dallas. Let's take the city, church. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.